Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Thank you for Hi. taking the time to talk to me about a very interesting topic. And secondly, I'm very happy here because you're also a teacher like me. So we have that in common. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. I am honored to be invited as a guest on your show. I've had the opportunity of uh, listening to a few of your episodes and I, I do like your style. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just honored and I'm looking forward to, you know, going through these questions together. Thank you. Thank you. So what we want to talk about today is about the world of language apps. Language apps, yes. And for a lot of uh, people who first decide, hey, I want to either improve my English or any other language, that's usually their go-to. Okay, which app can I download? Mm -hmm. So the conversation is about maybe maybe some of the, the advantages, disadvantages, down falls or, or some of the things that we should consider when mm -hmm. when talking about language apps. Yeah. So what has been your experience with language apps as a teacher? Well, my experience is, I would say it's uh, manifold, you know, because at first, well, I don't know, maybe I start with a story. Do you remember, I think, I don't remember what year it was, but way back when in history, when the sewing machine was was invented. There were riots across England, I think, because the people who used to sew clothing by hand were very threatened by it. Yes. And even things like the Gutenberg press, the paper press, that's also technology. Books are also technology. And that also caused people to be a little bit fearful for their jobs. Photography as well has stories of, 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 of you know, new technologies coming to you know, and causing other people to really lose their jobs. And when, when language apps started coming up, I also felt a small sense of fear because um, at the time, many people thought, and also me, that um, it could substitute the traditional ways of learning, traditional meaning, you know, things we're used to. And after, you know, having tested some of them out myself, And, you know, gathered feedback from my students as well. I, you know, come to realize that it cannot really be a substitute. It can be a very good supplement for sure. So my experience with apps is just very limited. Um, when I was learning German myself, I did try one or two. I'm not going to do any advertising for any particular brand right now, but I did try one or two. And also the most of the experience I have is from my course participants who have worked with apps. I actually interviewed a few of them, um, you know, in preparation for this, for this episode. So that's, that's it. That's the experience I have. You know, I've made note of some of the positives, some of the negatives, and I even spoke to some developers as well, you know, as the limitations that do exist. When your students ask you, which are the apps or do you think I should start using language apps as a supplement mm -hmm. to the lessons that we do together? Mm -hmm. What is your message to them? I tell them, yes, they should. 
they should use all forms of technology um, to, to help to support their learning experience. The idea is to create as many emotional associations as possible with any learning experience you put yourself through. And if these things, as long as we know what they are, we're clear as to what our learning goal is, you know, what our purpose is and what the purpose is for these apps as well, then you should use them. I encourage all my students to use translation um, services, right, for comparison, um, not to use only that, but um, to use uh, dictionaries, you know, whether it be in paper or online and also language apps. And, you know, I have specific reasons for that. Um, yeah. So in answering your question really quickly, yes, I do encourage them to use it. Do you find that sometimes they put too much faith in what these apps are capable of offering them? So for example, if I use it for five minutes a day, I'll be fluent in three months. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that ever happens? Yes, of course. Of course. That's why, you know, before when we were warming up, <laughs> we're talking about the promises that business makes and the, the, uh, the unreasonable expectations that, you know, sometimes come up, you know, making promises that can't be fulfilled. Many people, let's say they, they embark on a learning journey with the hope that an app can give them everything. You know, I encourage the use of apps, again, as a supplement, but never a substitute, right? And the, the, the hope that it can be everything for them is, 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 really, is really false. And the only problem I have is these promises that the advertisings make to, to potential clients and the ease with which you, you, you have, you know, you just, just two clicks and you have it on your phone. You can try it for three months, you have it there. And then you have, when you do start paying for a subscription, you have this gym membership effect where you refuse to cancel the membership, which is probably very a small amount, but still, you know, adds up because you don't want to have this feeling of failure or the, the effect of, buying lots of books when you start a language course that you will never use or buying gym clothes that you will never wear. And, and, and this kind of a fooling oneself, that is what, um, while I do encourage using it, I try to remind them that, listen, you have to be careful. You know I mean? There, is, there are pluses and minuses and you have to be mindful of what your goal is. Yes, this is to learn the language, to learn to talk to people within various contexts. Isn't that or the key is to, to talk to people, right? Yes. I feel like that's the, the main point here. Mm-hmm. And the apps, it, it's never going to substitute real human interaction. No, 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 it can't. I mean, it does give something else. I mean, technology, there's hardly anything new under the sun, but technology does offer new options. And communication, I mean, who am I to say speaking is the communication? I mean, now we, we, we write stuff digitally short messaging. But yes, we learn, we use apps to talk to people, but there is also other forms of communication. Yeah. Speaking to people, you're definitely right there. That's why we learn. Yeah. To talk to people, communicate generally with people. Right. I, I find that to be one of the, the I don't it's uh, one of my challenges is I, I try to get across to them that the main objective of learning a new language is because we want to communicate with other people. Mm-hmm. And the thing they want to do least is communicate with other people because they're too shy. So they would prefer yes. to just kind of go to the apps because that doesn't require as much uh, risk or mm-hmm. 
or potential for embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I tell them, yeah, we can stay. You can stay in your comfort zone. Do the apps. Mm -hmm. It's it's perfect. We can, you can also speak with me, which is okay. Mm -hmm. But I also need you to go out into the world, out into the wild, <laughs> mm -hmm. and interact with other real people. Yeah. Uh, yes. 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 It comes back to the emotional associations, you know, and the fact that learning is relational. Uh, you know, you can hardly form a relationship with an app. Uh, well, not yet. Yeah. Not so. yet. That could change mm -hmm. as uh, artificial intelligence starts to mm -hmm. be more a part of our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. But until today, that's not the reality. So exactly. we still need human interaction. Mm -hmm. in order to mm -hmm. feel like, yeah, we are relational beings. Yes, yes, yes. That's why, you know, I mean, I also have my little slogans, you know, on my podcast, I always say, if you're learning a language to do something with it, do something with it. And then I encourage free time activities, art, going out, meeting people, um, learning something you like, like photography or cooking within groups, within your target, with your target language. And then I always say, if you're learning language to talk to people, then talk to people. And that involves then the, the, the community aspect, the relational aspect, and both of these things, things you like, the passions and talking to people, they form the, 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 the relational and the emotional associations that you need to, to retain the skills. I mean, it's also said, rambling here a little bit, but you will forget what someone says to you, but you will never forget how they make you feel. The same exactly. thing happens for situations, and that is the kind of strengthening that we seek, that we want our um, course participants to have. Yeah, if I learn the meaning of 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 the word, I don't know, screwdriver in German, and uh, somebody says to me, "Well, you know, it's also a cocktail. Yes, it's made of you know vodka and orange juice and some other stuff." And I and they say it in a funny way, then I will never forget. The, because the, there's the, an emotional connection emotional with that association. Exactly, yes. I like yes. that. As many senses as possible. You you imagine what it looks like. You imagine how the cool cocktail glass feels. You you remember the smell of it. You remember how it made you feel after you had a few sips. All of these things, right? Is as many senses as possible in learning that one word, screwdriver. You know, and you learn everything about the cocktail. Yeah, maybe, but then you say, well, actually, it's not the cocktail. So you learn the opposite really well. Opposite of what? The opposite you also learn. Or not really the opposite, but the other thing, the, the, the tool. Have some screwdriver here somewhere. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's a really, really great example. Yes. And that's, that's why um, these apps, they're great, mm -hmm. but they will never substitute real interactions yeah, between yeah. human to human interactions. Yes. yes, yes. In In university, there were lots of people who actually purposely purposefully started relationships just for the language. I mean, we're adults, you know, we can talk about that. Some people do that. I think so. Yeah, of course. I, I, I do recommend, I have some students who are probably in their late 20s and I, and mm -hmm. I recommend find yourself an international girlfriend. But it's right? one of the best, you know, I mean, every <laughs> That'll day you give have you to a figure great incentive. A new way, a to, new way to, to, to say I love English. you, you know, yeah, you can't absolutely. say it all the time the same way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. Okay. Right? Well, I but, hope I answered your question. No, right? I think so. 
so we see there are some downsides. Sometimes we we want to take the easy route and think, oh yeah, just if I do the five minutes, I'll be fluent. But in reality, mm-hmm. these are just going to be in addition to what you're mm-hmm. already either doing with this with a teacher or with mm-hmm. other people. What are some effective ways to use these apps? Well, effective ways, as earlier, we also spoke about structure, you know, and um, in our grammar books, in our language books, we have structured exercises. And, you know, in any training course, there are structured things, you know, very linear, uh, uh, prescriptive, um, one specific answer, um, not too organic in their way, you know, um, as a um, zeros and ones kinds of answers. Yes, it's good that kind of thing. I think it's good for simple exercises. So I would recommend an app for the repetitive um, aspects that are also part of learning a language, you know, basic grammar, basic grammar and basic vocabulary. Yes, but once you start to want to dance with the language, then I would ask or encourage people to step away from the app and start talking to people and doing things. Right. So it is good to answer the question. It is good for the repetitive, structured stuff, which is, well, you could say free of context. Yes. So it's good for the repetition. I, and for that, I would recommend that um, for, for, for starting, you know, getting a feel, getting a basis uh, of, of, of the language, learning somehow to feel a little more confident, you know, that you do know something. I do recommend it for that. Yes. And if you're looking for some fun, because, you know, a lot of people lose their way in these apps. And after a few months, they forget that what they're there for is to learn a language and not to win points and stars and hearts. Exactly. Yes. So it's more of a game thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the game. Gamify, gamification is cool. And I also yeah. try that on my website. But sometimes people lose sight of that. Yes. It's, it's like trying to game the app. You know, for example, you can also be punished. If you, if you don't use it regularly, so that's built in and people try to do little things to game the app, you know, and that's all it's, it becomes, yes, not learning, but winning points, you know? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what we did uh, when we were in school though? We would just study to pass exams, but not actually to learn the material or because we felt like the material was useful. Yes, again, I'll I'll reiterate, gamification does have its purpose and it does help to motivate. However, if it causes you to lose sight of the fact that you're actually learning because you have to deliver an international presentation every Tuesday to the international team or hire remote workers or or, or sell or serve clients in the UK or in, in Ireland or wherever, and you're just busy, you know, collecting points. It's not gonna help you. Yeah, I would agree you with know? that. That's 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 what I mean. So it's don't miss the the mark. Like don't forget why you're actually using these the tools. Purpose. Yeah, the purpose. Yeah. Like the, if the yeah. ultimate goal, right, like is to interact with the, the international clients or to give mm-hmm. a presentation, then do things that are going to help you actually improve your presentation skills. Of course. And, you know, if, if we're talking about that, as of from the experience I've had, I mean, I've been working as an English teacher since 2009, as an online trainer since 2014, not just since the first wave, you know, been doing it for quite a while. And I think the best way, for example, for presentations is role play. 
yeah, business simulation. Yes, you create a role play um, with your teacher, with your group, yeah, and 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 practice exactly what it is you're going to be doing. Practice telephone calling with a real person. Practice delivering the presentation, answering questions, answering difficult questions, saying that you cannot answer. How are you going to say that you cannot answer the question, or you're not you're not in a position now to answer the question, or you want to get the question by email and you'd get back to them later? What will happen if you have someone who comes with a, what we say in Germany, Totschlag Argumenta, you know, arguments that just kill all motivation. How do you react to that? You know, I mean, I had a student once, he was so good. Yes, he had a language app. He had, um, I, I worked with three grammar books. Uh, let's say a basic one, middle and a high one from Raymond. I don't remember the name of it right now. Again, Cambridge. Is it English guy, in use? It is English in use, yes. Yeah. The red one with German in it, mm-hmm. the blue one, and also the green one, yes, which is advanced, yes. And this guy knew everything, everything, yes. There was nothing to teach him, nothing, yes. And then we went out and said, okay, fine, we're going to do something with the language. We're going to go out and we're going to order some, some food in a restaurant and drink a beer or maybe wine if you prefer. Before that, we went to a shop for cheesecake. <laughs> And the guy, even though there was nothing for me to teach him in grammar, he could not order a slice of cheesecake. And he stormed out of the cheesecake store in total panic. Because, you know, after having learned so much in a structured way, yes, the, the person selling the cheesecake asked him a question in an unstructured fashion that he wasn't expecting. And it totally threw him off. Yeah, and you know? unfortunately, that's the experience of many people. I yes. find the the German school system to be exactly that, very, very structured, very ordered. So they're very good at grammar. Like my wife, mm-hmm. her English grammar is better than mine, even though I'm <laughs> the teacher. But yes. at the beginning, she was she was too shy to speak to me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what happens is, yeah, you can do, you know all the rules, you know a lot of vocabulary, but... Can you create sentences in a spontaneous situation? Mm-hmm. Can you answer certain questions in a spontaneous? And the only way to get good at that is by being in those situations and by practicing and repeating those types of situations. Yeah. Yes. So again, that's why role play. You know, role play is a really way. great, really, really great good. tip. Yes. Right. So that's I, I do a lot of that with my students as well, with the role playing and the questioning. But then what I find is that it gets very easy for them to understand me and they get very comfortable with me. So then mm. I say, oh, oh I, I've become mm. like the training wheels and now we need to take off those training wheels. So then I'll introduce them to other students or uh, I've also created an English club with my mm-hmm. students. So there they get the opportunity to communicate with others uh, and then they get very shy. Mm-hmm. They get very shy. So the person that was fine with me speaking freely, all of a sudden closes up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we can go with the apps. It's a great foundation. It's a great Mm -hmm. start. You can go with a trainer or with like one other person, but Mm -hmm. that's not going to be enough because communication is more than just with one person. Yeah. You know, again, I don't want to give the impression because there was a time when I really kind of worried about apps. You know, I was threatened by them. 
but not anymore because they're good for repetitive tasks. I mean, you have, for example, explained the, pres- the present perfect a hundred times, maybe 500 times. Oh, and more you know, than that. I mean, if, if, uh, if you're going to a company that's paying you, I don't know, 50 to 150 euros per hour, um, do you really, it's not sustainable to, 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 to be, you know, spending all the time repeating basic grammar rules. One day they're going to say, well, you know, I mean, what have I done over the past six months? You know, just um, learn rules. Uh, the present yeah, perfect. And absolutely. then they still can't talk. And then you, you get, you get kicked. Yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. Right. And that's why like, I, I don't like to spend too much time on grammar. Mm-hmm. Because I said, like what we're doing here, especially because I'm working with business clients, is I'm trying to help you develop confidence so that when you go out into the world, you can feel free in, 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 in speaking to people. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking so much about the rules, then you will not speak because your thought will be, is it the present perfect or the simple mm-hmm. past? What did George yes. tell me? Am, am I supposed to use the continuous form here? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. was the word order again? Yes, yes. And if you're thinking too much about the rules, then mm-hmm. you're going to psych yourself out. You're, you'll be too shy mm-hmm. and you'll freeze up like a yes. deer in the headlights. Yes, of and course. And then of you course. don't speak. So of For course sure. I do grammar because in the past I realized by doing no grammar, mm-hmm. then they continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And they mm-hmm. didn't know why. So I'm like, okay, I have to do a little bit, but I, I... I don't like to do it too much because then it becomes too much in their in the front of their mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, 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 for sure. You know, it, you I, I really agree with you. And I mean, the fact that you're a trainer, I'm a trainer. We know these things. Um, and you know, I always say on my my podcast that we're gonna hopefully talk about a little bit later. You know, I take a relaxed, accessible human approach to the learning experience. And in saying that, what I mean is that I have to teach people. Earlier we said that many people, you know, the the German school system, whatever, I've only had experience with a small bit of it at university level, and I won't criticize it. But there seems to be a lot of people, many Germans have told me that they're traumatized from the school system because there was this fixation on correct height or let's say if you're not correct let's say if you say mm-hmm. if you do something wrong then you're abgestempelt so exactly. you, you know, and you're and failure you cannot make yes you cannot make mistakes so they are traumatized by that and then fixating on the rigid structure of of grammar and and, and you know on my show as i said the you know relax accessible it means learning to to really dance with the language. It's, it's, it's realizing that there is something called perfect imperfection. And especially in, in business situations, yes, of course, you want to be correct. Yes. However, you know, you, you will probably never achieve perfection. Anybody who's hung up on perfection, they're distracting you from what really matters. And if people want to understand you, they will. Exactly. If, if they don't understand the first time, then yes. they'll ask you, can you say that again? They'll ask you. And then you say it a second time and it's okay. It's, it's the confidence. That's all it That's is. That's you know? the key. To be gentle with yourself, to just be confident and talk. You know, it won't be, you know, you can't express the same level of intellect as you do as a manager in your own language. 
you have to first, you know, kind of let them know, well, you know, this is not really my language, you know, and in the first place, you're better off than that native speaker anyway, because usually they don't try to learn any other language. So you're exactly. better than them. You know? Absolutely. And, and you and, speak uh, two languages. Yes, of course. You speak, yes. So, you know, just lightly remind them that this is not my language because automatically we hear someone talking slow. We might think that they are slow. Yes. And that's what we fear. But, you know, there's some little tricks to that as well, you know, that you can do to so people are mindful of the fact that, you know, this is not your language. This is not how you talk all the time, probably. And uh, you're trying. And exactly. If, Just as, remind if they them. Want to understand, yeah. If they want to understand you, they will. They will Absolutely. understand you. And most people, I would say 99% of people will be kind. They right? will be kind. There's also a chance that you won't be talking to native speakers on the phone anyway. Exactly. But what yeah. I tell my students is 70% of the people who speak the English language speak it as a second language. I think it's 75% of people. Only 25% of are native. So I tell them mm -hmm. the majority of your conversations in English will be with non-natives. Mm -hmm. So they're in the same boat as you are. You do not need to be stressed. It's funny how you say that, you know, speaking of non-natives, you asked me about accents earlier. I did a course once, a very significant teacher's course. And in that course, we have to, we had to also teach students to show that we can. And there were Americans, Canadians, one Jamaican, and, you know, a few native speakers and also some British people. And the only person who failed that course was someone from Britain because nobody understood what he was saying. Yeah. And I find a lot of times, like the natives, for, for lack of a better term, since that's their only language, they mm -hmm. have no understanding of what it's like to be on the other side. Yes, so they yes, use yes, yes. terminology or they mm -hmm. speak at a speed that is way mm -hmm. too fast. And then nobody understands them anymore. Yes. And that's another, you know, we spoke about that as well, how we use language to express power and status and privilege sometimes. Yes, we all do it. Babies do. Yes. But it's it's the same with um with 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 this kind of thing as a as, as a trainer, you have to remind yourself, or I have to ask myself, why am I here? Am I here to impart knowledge, or am I here to show these people how good I am? Exactly. Right. So if if you're here to impart knowledge, then you make sure that they understand you. Yes. And and it, anyone who thinks that being impressed with with the way I speak is enough is probably not the kind of student that I want in the first place. You know, uh, it's like in, in Jamaica, we had this um, politician once, you know, he's, he was a good speaker, wonderful orator. And, and when he's speaking, everybody would come to listen. And there was a story of this guy. He ran to his neighbor and said, hey, come, 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 you know, Michael is talking, Michael is talking. This is Michael Manley, yeah? good speaker. And then the guy said, yes, what is he talking about, you know? And he says, well, I have no idea, but he's talking. <laughs> come, and, come and listen. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea what he's talking But it ah, sounds so good. It's you know? terrible. Yes, I find yeah. that terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. simplicity. Simplicity. Yeah. To learn. Exactly. If, I, if I'm going to sit down with someone, it's because I want them to understand my ideas and my opinions. Mm -hmm. And I want to understand them too. It's not about showing, oh, yeah. look how intelligent I am. Look at my vocabulary. No, yeah. we, it's about connection, yes, human yes, yes. connection. Yes. Or the fixation on accents. 
the fixation on accents, you know? I mean, there are people who tell me that I do not speak English. Yes. And they have no idea, you know, and of course, you know, you just let them talk, talk, talk and whatever. But uh, there is a fixation on accents sometimes. And uh, my fixation is on, as I said, an international standard that's understood by everyone. After that, you can, you know, I have a friend as well. She was also on the, on the, the show. You can go to a specialist and learn an accent. You can acquire a twang after you've learned the grammar rule, you know, and uh, I try to express these then in a clear fashion. Exactly. But I I think you're right. It's about trying to help people develop like a general standard uh, way of Mm -hmm. of, of speaking. And, but I think accents, you'll pick it up depending on where you are. Like my wife, she comes from the, um, in the North of Germany, they teach, she, she comes from Hanover and they teach more of the British English. So I remember when I met her. Oh, she, oh, she speaks Oxford German. Yeah, no. <laughs> so when I met her, she used to say to me, I just, I can't do that. And I used to laugh. I used to laugh when she used to say that. I'm like, you can't. Um, but mm-hmm. of course, now we've been together. We've been married seven years. And now she says, I can't. Yeah. Because she's with a Canadian yes. all day. So it's just going Mm -hmm. to naturally happen. The more she's around me, Mm -hmm. the more of my accent she starts to pick up. Right. But now I feel bad because I really love the the Queen's English. And I'm like, why did you have to lose that accent to speak like me? (laughs) Yes. I I really do love it. I mean, you know, what I'm all about is an international standard because as we've we've, um, identified, established, English doesn't really belong to the Americans or the Brits anymore. It belongs to the world. And that's why I focus on an international standard. Yes, that's understood by everyone. And uh, that I think should be the focus because again, it's, it's most likely that whoever you're talking to, you know, there might be, let's say, a developer in the Ukraine who also happens to speak English. The language of international remote work is going to be English. You know, people in Ukraine, people in Czech Republic, people in Jamaica are doing software development as well. Um, and, and, and your goal should be to understand these people and not to be wowed by their twang. Exactly. You know? So I like that. I like that focus. That it. It's much better than yeah. trying to focus so much. Oh, I want to speak like this particular group. It's like, no, speak mm-hmm. to be yes. understood. Yes. Man, you've given us a lot of great, great advice today. Thank you. Well, you, <laughs> well, you know, I try. You know, when I first came here, I met so many people. When I was in um, Frankfurt Oda, that's where I started studying. I met like, let's say, 20 people in my group. They all spoke English and all of them had a different accent, but they were all German. Yes. And it was so strange to hear different accents. I mean, I even met this Russian lady once. She spoke with an Indian accent. That was even with the gestures and the gesticulation and the body language, you know, it was very interesting to see that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just understandability. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's what we want to be understood. And where can we find you? If, if, if somebody wants to connect with you, if they want to learn more about your teaching services, your podcast, how can we find you? Well, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Well, everything starts at the English Coach Podcast. Yes. Very simple, englishcoachpodcast.com. And from that page, it's also connected to my training practice. 
And it's also connected to my, well, Instagram, which is at English Coach Podcast. And um, from there, there is, you know, I mean, my, my whole offer involves, um, well, training, of course. And then there's something I like to call sustainable language acquisition. This is the living the language part. And that is all about offering uh, what we call Stammtisch in Germany in virtual reality or via um, private live streams. So everything starts at EnglishCoachPodcast.com. Perfect. So I will leave that information in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Is there anything, any final words for the listeners, any final piece of advice for those who want to improve their English? Yes, of course. Um, you know, uh, we started out talking today about apps, um, language apps. And, you know, I want to say this in no unclear terms that they are valuable as a supplement, first of all. Right. It offers playful motiv motivation and also punishment, you know, gamification um, of, of the learning experience. That is good. It's easily accessible because you have it on your mobile, easily downloadable with you all the time. You can use it anytime. You can also have a feeling of progress when you win the little stars and so on. That's good if you don't forget what your major or your main learning goal is and the repetitive aspects of language learning, which is perfectly normal, um, which include basic vocabulary and basic grammar, you can use apps for that. So you, you don't have to pay for a teacher repeating the present perfect a hundred times, you know. So it, it's, it's good. It does have its advantage. That would be one message I would say. Apart from that, I try to encourage what I call being mindful of the relational aspect of language. If you're learning a language to do something with it, do something with it. And if you're learning a language to talk to people, you should talk to people. And this approach, I try to enrich starting with my podcast and the, the rich variety of guests, guests that, that appear or come up on the show. So um, that's, you know, give it, you know, give it a little life, dance with the language, um, give yourself permission to make mistakes a little bit. Know that there's something called perfect imperfection, all these little slogans I'm talking, but, you know, just be gentle to yourself. You know, hardly anybody expects perfection. And a lot of it starts with having the confidence to just talk. Yeah, Thank you. That's, um, that's what I would say. I really like your analogy of, of dancing. So, yeah, just dance with it. Thank you so much, Ian. And hopefully we can do this again next time on your podcast, right? Most definitely. I'd be happy to, to share, you know, your warmth and your way of doing things. Uh, I really do feel a kind of a, a relaxed mood. From the way you you teach there's also or speak and there is a clarity as well about the way you speak i'd be more than happy to share that also with my audience so i'm looking forward to our topics i really appreciate that thank you ian all right i really enjoy the episodes with other english teachers what do you guys think should i have more teachers on the podcast i'm interested to get your answers to the following question have you learned to embrace your English accent or do you feel ashamed of it? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. 
If you're looking to improve your business English, check out my website for one-on-one lessons. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Thank you.